Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Exodus chapter 4. How many of you have ever known that there was uh, something important to take care of, but it's easier to send someone else to do it than to do it yourself? You know it might be important, but it's like, you know, God, you know, or can you just get someone else to do this? This is where Moses is right now. He's in this conversation with the burning bush, and there's four questions that him and God are going through this conversation. And we're picking it up in the middle of this conversation in verse 13 of chapter 4. And Moses is responding to God, and this is where we pick it up, verse 13. But he said to God, or he said, Oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. In other words, God, come on, send someone else. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to just run through the four questions that he went through with God. First question was this, who am I? Before you can accomplish anything in life, sometimes that's the first question that we got to respond to is who am I? You got to know who you are. But God doesn't respond with identity to Moses as to who he is. He he responds with the promise, I will go with you. That more important than who you are is who's going to go with you. Second thing he says is, well, who are you? Who should I tell them is sending me? Under whose authority am I going? And God tells him this. Tell them that I am has sent you. In other words, whatever you need, I am. I'll be water out of a rock. I'll be manna from heaven. I'll be a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. Whatever you need, I am. I want you to understand whatever you need today, God will be in your life. Somebody say amen. Then he says this, but what if they don't believe? What if they don't believe in my encounter that you sent me? I need you to understand, God responds to him again, hey, I'll be with you. Many of us are so hung up on other people's opinions of who we are. I don't need you to believe in my dream. You didn't give it to me. Say it again, Pastor. You don't need to, if you're not going to back me up, I'll back myself up, okay? But you, you need to understand, some of us put more weight in what other people think about us than we do of what God thinks about you. And you need to understand who God created you to be. And so he says, what if they don't believe? God's like, it doesn't matter if they don't believe. I believe in you. And I think some of you need to understand that more than you believing in yourself or even believing in God, that God believes in you. God has faith in you. Someone say amen. Amen. Then he tells him this, well, what if I can't speak? What if I don't have the words to share? I'm slow of speech. I'm a stutterer. And God says this, listen, I'm the one that created your mouth. I'll put words in your mouth. Now, like I shared with you last week, if you have a Mercedes, you do not take that Mercedes to Uncle Joe to fix it. Right? If the car, if it's under, you're taking that car back to the dealership to have the dealership take care of it and make sure that if it's under warranty, they fix that car for you. Why? Because you've paid a lot of money for that car. And yet when we break down as human beings, we break down or go through a tough time in life. We run to alcohol, relationships, to money, to other things, trying to get those outside things to fix us when those things didn't create you. If you break down, you take yourself to the one that manufactured you. 
And so we go back to God because God's the one that created us with there's a problem. And now we pick up this point where we pick it up here. He's telling God, God, listen, after, hello, after everything that takes place, after everything that takes place here, you would think God says, I'm, you know, I'm with you. God says, you know what? Is that, is that you, Stephen? After, after God says this, if after I'm going to be with you, I'm going to go with you, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to put my words in your mouth, I'm, I, I'm giving you an assignment, you would think that Moses would respond, I'm, I'm down, let's do this. How many of you would love to know that God called you to do something and that you ended up responding knowing that God was going to work through you to make something happen? Right? We, we, we want to think that we'd respond in the right way. Yet in this process, after all of this, where God says, I'm with you, Moses says, okay, can you just send someone else? You just get someone else to do this? Now, I want you to understand something here. Moses doesn't argue that there's a problem. How many of you know that there's a problem in America today? Okay, let me try this side. Maybe some of y'all don't live where we live. How many know that there's a problem in America today? Right? We, we got some issues that are happening in our society. When we, got, we live in the wealthiest country in the world, yet we have children going to bed hungry at night. There's a problem with that. There's a problem when someone's been married for you know, 30 plus years and then all of a sudden they wake up one day and they're no longer in love. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. There's a problem where we have children being sold into sex slavery. That doesn't anger you. There's a problem. The gang violence that's happening, the, the, the addictions that are taking place. If you look across that, that we live in an area where some people can't even afford to live. Yet we got people working in restaurants they can't afford to eat in. We're, we're living in a society right now that is broken. We're living in a time that's broken. We, we see issues around us. We drive down the streets and we see the problems. Now, every one of us in here would agree that there's a problem. But not every one of us would choose to be the solution. And Moses doesn't argue that there's a problem. He just doesn't think he's the solution. And that's the problem. Is that every one of us sees a problem in society, yet we think it's someone else's responsibility to take care of it. Say it again, Pastor. We're waiting for someone else to rise up. As long as I have a house to live in, as long as I have food to eat, as long as I can close my door, close my garage, and just shield myself from society, I don't have to worry about the problems that are happening outside my door. But do you remember simply this? If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. God creates a purpose and wraps a person around the purpose. God doesn't create a man and then find a purpose for him. God creates a purpose and wraps a man around the purpose. And so every one of you, the very fact that you are here right now breathing is the fact that you have a purpose on your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Moses is saying, I I, I don't want to go, God. I, I, I I, I can't do this. 
Have you ever felt like you've been asked to do something that's beyond your realm of ability? It's like, man, I can't do this, man. I don't know how. You look, you look at the condition of maybe your marriage or your kids or your finances. Look at, look at your, your health situations. Look at our city. Look at our educational system. Look at the gang violence. You look at people, the helplessness, the racial divide that's going on in America right now. You see all these things that are taking place. And as we look at this, we see a problem that's there, but we don't see how we could be the solution. That's the problem. Because you were created to be the solution, every one of you here. You see, what's funny is this. For a man that can't speak, Moses is doing pretty good coming up with excuses. You notice that? God, God, I can't speak. I'm slow of speech. But he can come up with excuses like the best of them. Many of you say, I'm not creative, but let me come up to you to ask you to get involved in ministry. And you start creating all kinds of excuses out of nowhere. You're extremely creative. I didn't say a liar. I just said creative. <laughs> because it's amazing that a lot of the giftings and talents that we have, we come up with excuses. We don't want to use them, not because we're not good at it, because we're fearful to step out of our comfort zone. And God finally gets fed up with them. Do you know God gets fed up? Let me put it. Do you know God loves you? How many, how many of you have kids? How many of you love those kids? How many of you have ever gotten fed up with those kids? I love my kids, but there are times you just, you know, that, that old saying, I brought you into this world and I could take you out. There's times that the kids just get you frustrated. You know what I'm talking about, Cisco? Okay, you've been there. God finally gets fed up. Everyone say fed up. He gets fed up with Moses' excuses. I gave you everything that you needed. I've, I've never appeared to anyone like this before. And he gets fed up. Look what he says in verse 14. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. In other words, like you start a fire, God started a fire of, of anger against Moses. He's ticked. He's getting angry. Now, some of you are like, wait a minute. We're talking about God here. And that, that ha- you have a problem with that. Isn't he loving? Doesn't he love me? Cares for me? How, how many of you love your kids? And you care for them? Provide for them? You ever gotten angry at them? Oh, don't lie. See, it's been said that if you don't have kids, no excuse will do. If you have kids, no excuse is needed. You ever see a kid messing around and the parents are like, oh, I'm sorry, he's going. If you have kids, you don't have to give me an excuse. I have kids. I know what you're going through. I've been there. You don't need to make excuses. They're a kid. When you don't have kids, well, why aren't you controlling your kid? You know, I thought you, you need to raise them this way. You need to tell them this. You need to do this. You ever notice those that don't have kids know how to raise kids? It's the same thing that those that are out of shape know how to tell you how to work out. (laughs) Those that are broke tell you how to handle your money. Those that have been divorced eight times are telling you how to heal your marriage. I'm just saying. The anger of God. Now, being angry isn't a sin. The Bible says be angry and sin 
not. So it's possible to be angry and not sin. You hear me, Raquel? Okay. She's, she's a Puerto Rican. I'm talking to my Boricua here, okay? This is just, it's a, it's a Puerto Rican thing. And sometimes we think that we can't get angry. But ang- anger, you can get angry without sinning. But when you get angry and start cussing everyone out and you're ready to start ripping people apart and you're, you're, you're putting people down, you, you've crossed the line. It's a, God gets angry. In fact, God gets angry, but angry is not a, anger is not a sin. In fact, that, that word anger literally means to be displeased to the point that you're, you're, you're breathing hard. Have, have you ever been that angry? Have you ever been angry, so angry that you're trying to hold it, that you cry? Some of you ladies are like, uh-huh. You know my husband, you know what I'm talking about. God does get angry. God gets fed up. Say it again, pastor. God gets fed up. God gets angry. When does God get angry? God gets angry when we don't obey his word. When he lays it all out before us and gives us the promise and we choose to disregard it, God gets angry when we keep on making excuses, when he lays out the promise for our life and we keep on coming up with reasons why we can't do what he wants to do. God gets angry when you and I settle for life, when God has promised us the penthouse and you settle for the outhouse. I want you to understand that when God is the one that has designed you, puts you together and you settle rather than pursue Pursuing for something better. When you go into survival mode instead of being, instead of seeking to become successful or even pursuing um, significance, I believe that God gets upset with us at times. God gets angry when we focus in on our weaknesses instead of focusing in on His strengths. When we get so focused in on what I can't do instead of focusing in on what God can do. I believe that God gets angry when we pass the buck. When he tells you, I created you for this. You can do this. And instead of you stepping up, you pass it on to someone else. I believe that God gets angry when you and I don't maximize the potential that we were created for. Believe that God gets angry. Because God spent a lot of time designing and putting you together To accomplish something great. And when we don't fulfill our purpose and our potential, I think God gets angry. Why? Because God sees things from a different perspective. How many parents, you see your kids and you see them settling and you start putting pressure on them. And you put pressure because you want them to become more. You can see more in them. They look at their limitations. You look at their abilities. And that's what God does. God doesn't see your limitations. God sees the potential he designed you with. Now, now I want you to check this out. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What's the first thing God created? Beginnings. Time. First thing God created was time. In the... God had no beginning. God has no end. So in order for him to explain this to mankind, first thing God created was time, beginnings. See, God doesn't, isn't ruled according to our watch. We operate according to linear time. God operates in the fullness of time. God exists outside of time. Now, you got to grab, we have a hard time catching this. God created time, but he's not relegated to it. 
So that's why God can see the end. That's why they, God could write the book of Revelation before it's happened yet. Why? Because God exists outside of time, and so he sees the completion. He sees the end of everything. That's why when God looks at you, he doesn't see the broke you. He doesn't see the addicted you. He doesn't see the lost you. He doesn't see the confused you. He doesn't see the you that is trying to get by. He sees the you that is completed, that is whole, that is accomplishing new things, that is doing everything that you were designed to do. Why? Because God doesn't see you in the process. God sees you as completed and perfected. God can see the ending. And God sees the completed you, not the process you. And that's, what, that, that's hard to deal with, man, because I look at my kids and I see them in process, but I know what they could be. And I want to see them reach everything and become everything that, they, that God wants them to be. And what God's simply telling Moses, Moses, trust me, CWC, God's message to you this morning is trust me. I designed you. I put you together. I put a purpose inside of you. Trust me that whatever I give you to do, that you can not only do, but you can excel in as well. Come on, somebody give God praise. You're getting quiet on me this morning. See, for many of you, things look impossible now, but you need to know that the great I am is with you. That God is with you. Whatever you need, God is with you. Look what he says here in verse 14. Uh, Verse 14, Omaha, if you could help me this morning. Look what he says. And he said, this is God responding to, to, remember, God's mad when he's saying this, okay? So God does still speak to you when he's angry. All right? And and when he's angry and he speaks to you, how many of you know you probably should listen to what he's saying? And he said, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know he can speak well and look. He is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. I, I want you to capture this. this. This is so powerful right here. There's no Twitter, no Facebook, no cell phone. He's not able to, to be there. Aaron, man, dude, I'm messed up right here. God's asking me to do something that I just can't do on my own. I don't, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Uh, is there any way you can get out here to help me out? Let me help a brother out. What time can you be here? He wants me to set the children of Israel free, but I can't speak, man. You know I stutter. Yeah, so what time? Okay, I'll see you in a few. All right, I'm in the middle of a conversation with the burning bush right now. I'll call you back later. All right? Okay, God bless. That's not going, he, he's, the bush wants me to set the people free. He doesn't take a picture of it on Instagram Bush has given me an assignment I can't fulfill. It's not there. He's not, he's not on Periscope. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm here with the burning bush right now. We're uh, in a discussion. He wants me to do some stuff I just don't think that I have the ability to do. But this thing's burning. It's not being consumed, but I just don't know if we can go. It's not happening. Yet in this conversation that he's talking with the bush... The bush, God, tells him, dude, the answer's on its way already. Amen. 
The very thing you're worried about, I've already answered your question. You can't speak. It's all right. You don't need to. I already have your brother-in-law, Aaron, or your brother, Aaron, on its way because he could speak. You see, I want you to understand, every one of us needs someone in our lives that is strong where we're weak. We need to be surrounded by people in our lives that have strengths in the areas that we're weak at. People that can help support us when we find ourselves faced with a struggle that's greater than us. And what's a trip is this, is that as he's struggling and as he's battling in this thing, God says, I already sent the answer. You don't even have to worry about this, dude. He's on his way right now. I already sent the answer before you even came up with the excuse. Some of you need to get a hold of this because you're wondering where that breakthrough is going to come from. Answers are already on its way. Some of you are wondering how I'm going to get through this thing. Answers are already on its way. God, I can't do this. The answer's already on its way. You see, you don't think the God that spoke the word and created oceans that are so deep we haven't been able to explore. Mountains so high that we can't breathe on, that we need oxygen. An expanse of the universe and galaxies that are so deep that we've sent probes out, traveling at the speed of light, and we still haven't reached the end. Do you think that that God that is so big that with one statement, with one word that created all of that, yet is still so personal that he comes into your life individually? That he cares enough about you to deal with the details in your life as well? You don't think that that God that said, listen, I want you to step up and do this, to step up and help out with the homeless, step up and help out with the gang issues, step up and help people get their marriages free, step up and do this work and use your gift to do this, use your talent to do this, step up and just make yourself, you don't think the God that has created all that we see in this universe has the ability to work out the small details in your life? Before God even started talking to Moses, he had already sent Aaron. Aaron was already on his way. God sent him to see him before they even started the burning bush. It wasn't like, oh, wait a minute. Let me call Aaron real quick, and then I think I got an answer to this problem. God's already factored it in. God loves you enough that before he calls you, He's already factored in your weaknesses. God says, I'm not going to send you alone. I'm here to tell you, you're not going to have to go at it alone. Some of you feel like God's abandoned you. I'm here to let you know that whatever you're facing today, God is with you. Bow your heads with me this morning. You're not alone.
Did you hear me? You're not alone. Whatever you're going through right now, God's already determined. He's already figured it out. You're here right now and you're looking at all the excuses as to why you can't. Instead of focusing in on who God is as to why you can. If you're here this morning and you recognize, I got to stop looking at my weaknesses and I need to start looking at God's strengths. Got to stop coming up with excuses why I can't. And start focusing in on my God who's able to do all things through Christ in my life. If that's you right where you are, would you just lift your hands? Wow, hands going up all over. God bless you. 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 You can put your hands down. Secondly, you're here and you just feel that, that Pastor, sometimes I feel so alone. Surrounded by people, yet I still feel alone. I feel empty. And I just need to know that God's with me. I need some people that are strong where I'm weak. Some people where I'm weak where they're strong. To help people on their journey. If that's you right now, you just need to know that you're not alone. You haven't been forsaken, abandoned, that God is with you. Lift your hand right where you are as well. God bless you. Yes. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Can be in a room full of people and still feel alone. God's with you this morning. Lastly, and probably more important, most importantly, is that when you doubt yourself, you don't doubt you, you're doubting the God that created you. This morning, you're here and you're beginning to doubt the talents, the giftings, the abilities that God's given to you. And you need to trust that God knows what he's doing this morning. Would you lift your hands quickly? Just trust that God knows what he's doing when he called you. Yes, 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 yes. God bless you as well. This is the final call. You can put your hands down quickly. Final call is you're here and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know religion. You've gone to church, but you've never experienced a relationship with Christ. The God that formed you, fashioned you, designed you, created you, loved you. You're here right now and just say, Pastor Dan, I want want to just make a commitment to follow Jesus. If that's you, right where you are, would you just lift your hand high in the air? Left or right, front. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. You can put your hands down. I'm going to ask you to look at me for one second as we close here. I'm going to have Troy come and sing, and then as he develops that atmosphere further, we're going to invite you forward, and we're going to pray for you as the prayer team comes and takes their places. But I want you to capture this. I heard this statement years ago that just really stuck to me. That if we ever saw a portrait, a painting that someone had done, and I, were to, I was to walk up to that painting that someone painted, and if I were to look at that painting that someone took time to paint, and I was to say, that is the stupidest painting I've ever seen. The colors don't go together. I don't like the composition. I don't understand where they were going with this thing. If I begin to critique and tear down the picture, am I attacking the picture or am I attacking the artist 
that created it? The artist. Do you understand that when you begin to critique yourself, put yourself down, that I'm nothing, I'll never amount to anything, I'm no good, I can't do this. Whenever you look at someone else and begin to point fingers at them and say, you'll never amount to anything, you're no good, I don't like you, I don't like the color of your skin, I don't like your gender, I don't like your economic background, and we begin to judge people based on how they look, and we look at individuals and tear them down, do you realize you are not tearing them down, you're tearing down the God that designed them? And so whenever you doubt you or attack another person, you're not attacking them or attacking yourself. You're attacking the designer, the artist that puts you together. And you're all masterpieces. You're priceless. God fashioned and designed you. Breaststroke by brushstroke to create this perfect masterpiece that is you so that he gets glory when people look at you and you shine for him because when people look at you and say man you're amazing dude you're, you're phenomenal the things you can do how do you accomplish man you, you are so amazing you're you're you're, you're that is so beautiful. The, the way your marriage works, the way you guys get along together, the way your family loves each other, that, that is so, you know what? As people compliment the picture, who gets glory? The picture or the artist? True worship isn't in the song you sing but it's in the life that you walk out you want to give God glory fulfill your potential don't sing a song songs are sung out of the heart as a result of what God's done for you fulfill your potential stand to your feet with me this morning thank you for downloading this message for more information on our church visit us at cwcbayarea.com you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.